You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome to After The Show. Welcome to you. Thanks. And welcome to the listeners out there. Welcome to everybody else. But mostly to Sid Talk, because she's the most welcome. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm right here. So you'd be nicer to me than everybody else. What is the before the after the show discussion, Sid Talk? What were we saying? There was a lot of audio discussion, which isn't the most fascinating, but it's necessary, right? So you're checking your levels. Check, check your levels. And we talked about this movie and that was about it. It is Saturday, May the 8th. This is after the show 683. The movie we're looking at this week is The Marksman. It's a 2021 movie. Releases on Blu-ray on May the 11th, so that's this upcoming week. And if you stay tuned to ascully.com and my Twitter, you can win one of two copies of The Marksman on Blu-ray. So have a look this week, and you might be a lucky winner. Stay tuned? What does that mean? Well, you know, stay tuned to my Twitter. (laughs) I got it. Got it. You'll see a competition, enter it, and then win. Just stare at his Twitter 24-7. Don't even let up on that button, just like the this movie is rated PG-13, and our friends at Universal provided us a copy for review. They also give us two copies to give away. So, Sid Talk, tell us what this movie's about in a synopsis style. Liam Neeson has some special skills. Again? Continuously. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the you one. You have to remember, we had he had special skills back in Love Actually. They just weren't, like, killing people and stuff. It was communicating with a young boy whose mother had died and teaching him to go for love and tolerated learning the drums you know those special skills very different from these special skills but yet this is his niche he's the guy with the special skills and the title pretty much tells you what you need to know about that it sums it right up it does all right i'll give you the real synopsis because yours is not mine's sufficient all right here we go a rancher on the arizona border becomes an unlikely defender of a young mexican boy desperately fleeing the cartel assassins who pursued him into the USA. Yeah, I mean, it makes it, it... It is dramatic, but it makes it sound a bit more movie of the week than it really was, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. The Marksman, there could be spoilers during this podcast. Well, Entirely let's possible. say there will be spoilers. Like there will be blood. <laughs> that's, a very, that's, a good, that's a very different movie. That's actually a good name for a podcast, isn't it? There will be spoilers. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Do we have to start another one now? <laughs> I bet it already exists. It probably probably does. Um, so, The Marksman, what did you think, Sid Talk? I, I don't know what the right words are. Like, to say I enjoy it you, sounds you, weird because there's a lot of violence and it's very it's got sadness and it's got violent things and themes and, you know, an overriding kind of very crappy view of people, right, overall. But I enjoyed it. Now, I would like to say that it is very similar to other Liam Neeson movies in this ilk genre, right? Ilk genre? Nice. Yeah, it is very similar. There is There are no surprises. There wasn't for me anyway, really. And no, I mean, you know, after seeing so many movies and after having watched Rambo, the last one, Yes. Is it Rainbow? You kind of don't know 100% what's going to happen to each person, but the overall... Um, this is this this and then this is going to happen you do kind of already know it's definitely a formula at this point every movie is but yeah but this 
this kind of formula since Taken onwards. I take that back. Not every movie is because the lobster didn't fit. No. So there's my early recommendation for anybody who likes movies that don't fit in a niche. Or the other one, the master thread one with your guy. Speaking of There Will Be Blood, that guy, the thread one. Phantom Thread. That one also doesn't really slot in anywhere to me. So. No, some movies don't, but most do. Mm. And Liam Neeson, um, revenge slash protect slash special skills movies. There's definitely a bunch of them. Yeah, it's like somebody took some post-it notes and put the highlights. This is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and this is the end. And then we just fill in the gaps with like a little, like they're in a different place and he's driving a different truck. There's always trucks in these yeah. movies. So that sounds like we're dissing this movie, but I kind oh, of enjoyed no. it. I'm not dissing it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it in a way. It's it's an action movie, but it's also got a lot of like slow kind of moments to it. And I don't mean slow boring. I mean like... Character development type parts, which reminded me of that movie, The Mule, which is Clint Eastwood movie. I kept thinking of that movie a lot. Sure. It's a road movie at heart as well, like because you're traveling from one place to another. It's got some action along the way. It's got a threat looming in the background that's coming and you're trying to stay one step ahead of the threat. That's basically what was going on. This movie, it follows that template and there was not one moment where I was like, personally, oh, this is, I'm not going to know what's going on. Yeah. It was just standard. It felt, oh, here's another one of these movies. It's well made, but like I say, there's no surprises to it. There's also some- basically what you are saying is you didn't like it? No, I enjoyed it. And I said to you, I could probably watch another movie now. Where Clint Eastwood's Clint Clint Eastwood, Eastwood. where Liam Neeson is doing the same thing and still enjoy that too. So do you think it's him? Because it can't be the story. Because if you plugged in someone else who you found annoying or you were indifferent about, is it him? Do you reckon? Because the other people in this movie are good too. We'll get to that. But I mean, you need to examine this. Like, are you biased because it's Liam Neeson? Not that it matters, but... You know, it's interesting to think like, ooh, I would hate this movie if it had a completely different cast. That's the thing. It, if it did have a different cast, I don't know. I was, I actually said to you, what if Clint Eastwood was replaced by Liam Neeson or Bruce Willis was Liam Neeson, would it be better or worse or just the same? Those, I think, would be the same. Yeah, those were the, I made those choices purposely to yeah. say it would kind of yeah. be the same movie. So I don't even think Liam Neeson matters <laughs> about, <laughs> it's just like a, it's like a very formulaic, film and they just slot a guy in there whoever's the guy who is that guy at the time i said to you earlier bruce willis was that guy at one time the Mm -hmm. guy who was in all the action movies you know in his dyad and after that they put him in loads of action movies just because people know him as that and liam neeson's the same thing here but i did like the you said earlier that you have some faults so what were your faults about it okay the faults would be Unfortunately, it kind of goes near the end. So yeah, we're going to go into spoiler territory here almost immediately. The overriding theme is the cartel is after some dude. They live in Mexico, a dude and his sister and her son, right? The brother slash uncle does something very bad, calls the sister and says, you and Miguel have to get out, the nephew, her little son. So now the cartel is going to murder the brother sadly and now the mother and the son have to run they have a little bag of money which isn't very much money by the looks of it right maybe 20 grand it can't be that much i was thinking like a 50k bag maybe maybe if that so what we glean from this is the uncle stole some money 
the cartel wants him back. He's already dead now. Now they're after the kid and the sister because they want to set an example and all that jazz. But seriously, would this group of men fucking follow this woman and her kid across the American border, go through all this hassle for that? Like, I I don't know because I'm not cartel. But it seems like the risk-reward is a bit out of whack there. Now, the guy who's in charge of this little revenge thing, unfortunately, our man, shoots down, our marksman shoots down his brother, and now he's got this little personal vendetta. But he only mentions it, like, once. So it's not even that big a deal. So there's one flaw. We lose the theme of he's out for revenge for his brother. We hint at the theme where this bad guy doesn't want to be a bad guy, right? But he's horrible. So you can never sympathize with him. No, I mean... He, so we never tilt the little balance of him becoming like a human being. Let me say, horrible. he kills a teenage girl. Yeah, he's horrible. But he, we're getting little hints that he doesn't want to be horrible. But it's not enough. Yeah, I didn't buy that. Right. But if you, would, if you could push it just enough where even in the end when we find out his story, you know, it's kind of sad the way his life has gone but you still have zero sympathy for him. If you'd push that little storyline just a bit more, that would have made it a little bit better. And then we've got, okay, so we've got this hacker person. I don't know how the hell are we supposed to believe that the cartel knows a guy who can just instantly, and I mean instantly, like in that day, find out where our marksman is using his credit card and where they're traveling to and all this other shit, like instantly. Well, let me say. Does he know someone who works at... Yeah, Citibank or exactly, something? Exactly, yes. Okay, and then they just look at his account? Okay. Yes. Even that, it just seemed a bit far-fetched. I'm not doubting it now if you're confirming that's a possibility, but it just seemed like, what? While at the same time, they haven't figured out where he's taking the boy, and all it is is to a cousin in Chicago. Like, all he had to have done was to ask a few people in Mexico or who knew the people and say, hey, what family do they have? And they would have said, well, he's got a cousin in Chicago. That would have been it. But no, no, no. They couldn't figure that shit out. They had to find a map on the side of the road with a little scribble mark on it. Like, that kind of stuff bugged me. Mm -hmm. The part that bugged me mostly was the movie started off with this, like, heavy message of Liam Neeson's about to lose his house. He's in debt. It shows you him pulling an American flag down, like a symbolic, symbolic thing. Like he's lost confidence in America and uh, lost. Um, I disagree with that, but okay. But they were doing the thing with the, you know, he's he's in this debt. His house, he's got ninety days to pay his house off, pay what he owes. But then that doesn't even mean anything. Like ten minutes into yeah, the it disappears. It's it, like it's pointless almost. It, if that was never even mentioned, it wouldn't matter. And just to clarify, he wasn't taking the flag down because he had lost faith in America. When people do hang a flag outside their house, they take it down every evening out of respect. Right, I thought they were just going for that shot in particular. No, he's just taking it down because you put it up in the morning, you take it down in the evening, you know, you have your little ritual thing about it. And he is an ex-soldier. He's a Marine, yeah, from the Marine Corps. So that's not what that was about. But but the part of him owing money even, it's it's pointless almost because it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter anymore. And we don't get a hard-hitting story of him talking about it uh, like, he does have one line where he's like, you know, you work all your life, you serve your country, and you don't have a pot to piss in. That's the whole, that wraps up That wraps that up that whole thing. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and your other thing about the young, his stepdaughter. Yeah, also, he <laughs> She's has sort a, of pivotal, and then He has a stepdaughter who 
you know, she obviously loves him and looks after him. When you know, you can she can tell he's he's kind of sliding back into being. Oh, a he's drunk. also an alcoholic. And she can see he's sliding back into being this drunk. And she comes and she, you know, you can tell she loves him. And then there's this, you know, the relationship between them, and then nothing. Yeah, it just disappears. It just, it's she disappears at a certain point. There's a you can put a pin in the movie where she just disappears. That's the end of that. And I'm not saying she gets killed off or anything. I'm no, it's just like. We're done with her now. That's the end of that. She Bye. says to him on the phone, I can't do anything else for you. And then yeah. we never see her again, which so, is kind of as unfortunate. I don't know if these are problems or they're just like shortcomings of the script or they didn't have time to develop or... But there are... They just seem to be like they threw a few two things, meant too many things in and didn't go anywhere with them. Because... Yeah. If this movie didn't open... And it didn't have him, you know, the guy coming up and saying, you've got 90 days to pay the debts and all that. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't yeah, that matter. part wouldn't have, shouldn't matter at all. That shouldn't even be part of it. As in, like, because old, what the thing is about is he lives on the border, right between Mexico and America, and he, when he sees people crossing illegally, or he assumes, he calls it in to immigration people, to border patrol. His stepdaughter happens. It's not to be his job. It's just right. He, he just does, does it. So yeah. he has. So we're supposed to then assume. Like they said in the extras, one of those things that irritates me, and I think I mentioned it last week, where the people who write it and make the movie have filled in a lot of details, but not portrayed them on in the story. So the thing is, he has to change. One guy said he has to change his entire point of view to do what's right for this young boy. What they're trying to say is he supposedly is like this narc guy who, you know, calls in every illegal immigrant. So we're supposed to think, well, he... He's nasty about it, but he's not nasty about it at all. He just lets them know, hey, I see some guys walking across the border, so that's it. He's not like Don Johnson was in, um... Yeah. What was that? What was he? Was that Machete? (laughs) Yes, one of those, one of those. He's not like that. He just lives there, so he reports it, and that's it. He's not vindictive about it. He's nothing. He's not, like, patrolling the border. It's just incidental to what he does. Yes, and so the idea that he's changing his whole point of view to help this young boy who, tragically, his mother gets killed right there in front of him and says to this guy, can you please take him to my cousin? Then she dies. Well, all of the other stuff about his life, right? Him losing his ranch, living on the border... That's all irrelevant to a person who's challenged with this question. Will you do this thing for another human being, regardless of what else is going on in your life, right? That's actually the bottom line story. So sadly, those other details, other than you have to know that he was a marksman, right? He's been trained to use a gun very proficiently. And very precisely. Yes. And so that part, we have to know that he's been in the Marine Corps. He's, he was in Vietnam and, you know... He understands the value of what he does versus the the impact of taking a life. You know, he kind of hints at all that kind of stuff. But the other things, yeah, even the stepdaughter. Sadly, I was sort of thinking, well, to make her more interesting, I thought this like halfway through, I thought to make it more interesting, maybe she's on the take by the cartel, right? That would have been sad, you know, a, a predictable thing, but it would have made her at least pivotal in this story where if you erase her character... If you think about it, if you erase her from the whole movie, because she's never at threat, they never threatened to go hunt her down, which I thought was another flaw. Like, once they figured out that he has this stepdaughter, wouldn't they show up at her office and threaten her? Because that's yeah, that what they're doing. never comes into it. Right. So if you just erase her, 
you know, you already see him looking at pictures of his sadly dead wife. She died of cancer the year before, and it was this lady's mother. But there's nothing else that brings her into this journey of his other than she works for immigration. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's also, we've not mentioned it, there's also a bag of money involved in this movie that actually <laughs> is useless as well. Yeah, <laughs> I like that actually. I, I thought the bag of money was going to become the vehicle for him to pay off his debt, but it may, actually means nothing. Which was good. I love that angle. Right. I love that in the end, he and the boy just decide, no, 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 we don't want their money. We don't want, you know, Dirty it's basically, money. yeah, they're either going to kill us or we're going to live. And if we live through this, we want nothing more to do with them. So kind of spoiled the whole movie then. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't actually. There, are, there is a couple of surprises left, which we, we didn't warned mention. you. We warned you. Spoiler, oh. spoiler. Okay. So going on to the cast of this fine movie, Mr. Liam Neeson stars as Jim. What did you think of Mr. Liam's special skills Neeson? I'm going to be controversial and say that he's often the same. That's not bad, but it's the same as a lot of other things. He's intense, he's serious, you know, he's not got his normal accent, which kind of throws me off sometimes. Well, he has two accents, an Irish accent and a weird uh, American Irish accent. Occasionally there's a little like what you think of like Brooklyn or like New York, almost <laughs> like that's where he's trying to dig up an American accent from, so. But other than that, I like him. I mean, you know. He's got a very special set of skills, and his very special set of skills are making these kind of movies. <laughs> right? Yes. Catherine Winnick plays Sarah, his stepdaughter. How did you feel about her? She was fine. I mean, like we were discussing, I don't think the, the story needs her character. And so... Maybe part of that's because she didn't have a lot of impact, sadly. And she's, so, but she was fine. I mean, I could, I would like for her to have been more. Yeah, I like the actress, and yes. I to, and she came across like really like strong and absolutely, you know. But then nothing. They didn't utilize her in a good way. I didn't think. That's what I thought. Yeah. Teresa Ruiz plays Rosa. Unfortunately, Rosa's only in the first <laughs> Rosa, few minutes. Rosa doesn't last very long, sadly. She was fine. Yeah. I mean, she gets shot and then she plays uh, injured for a while and then she dies. So. Oh. Jacob Perez plays Miguel, who's probably the best part of the movie. Yes, he's very good. He's the young boy who, you know, there was points in this movie at the beginning where Jim, Liam Neeson's character, was being kind of dickish to uh, Miguel. And Miguel yeah. had just lost his mother right in front of his eyes. That's what I said when he's like, aren't you hungry? And I'm like, his mother just died. Now why are you being a dick? <laughs> We're trying to establish this guy as just being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Not good with children. Is that what we're saying? But I think Miguel did a really good job. And apparently, because we watch the extras, he's not actually an actor in things. This is his first. I mean, he will be now, but he Maybe. did well. He was natural and there was some parts where he had to cry and he did. And he did I, a good job. It was sad. And then Juan Pablo Raba plays Mauricio and he's the bad guy. And you know, I liked him. And it is a bit of a comic book bad guy to me. A little bit. It's a bit over the top. Oh, look, badass cartel guy with tattoos on his neck and, you know. Yes, the way he's designed is that, but I actually really like the actor guy. You know so. what he reminded me of? A Breaking Bad buddy. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. So, But I thought there were times when they had to, like, zoom in and he was contemplating, you know, how shitty he is in his life. We don't know his whole life, but I felt it, so... I give him credit for that. It's surprising where they take him. But then I, I also thought, found it a bit anticlimactic. What, yes. What I felt like we had no reason to believe that would be his choice. 
So I wasn't too thrilled with that, but it's an option. Like you said, now you have a choice, so. Now, the director of this movie, Robert Lorenz, um, worked with Clint Eastwood for 40 years in different departments. And he also made the movie Trouble with the Curve, which was a Clint Eastwood movie. So there are similarities to Clint Eastwood's kind of sure. film. You know, Tell us some of the similarities. If I had watched this and you would have said at the, you know, at the end, this, that was a Clint Eastwood film, I wouldn't have questioned that. I'd be like, okay. Why is that? Because it has this certain pace about it. It is very ordinary in a way. Like, it's not fancy. Everything is, like, very static camera shots. Even the action scenes aren't super dynamic. True. It's just, you know, let's get the camera and let's get the shots and make sure people understand what the story is. And we're done. And yeah, not- it's not... It's not... Um, there's no trickery going on. No. And this guy, Robert Lorenz, I was reading, he said that he sees Clint Eastwood as his mentor and he has always tried to copy what he does because why would you not? Because he's awesome. He even has... They're in a hotel in the movie. And there is a Clint Eastwood movie playing on the TV, so it's obvious yeah, yeah. he is very big fan of Clint. So what did you think about the directing? Did you just think what I said? Yes, I think exactly the same. It's utilitarian, functional, you know, economical, as you like to say. You get the shots. There's, like I was comparing the Clint Eastwood vibe, there's a lot of driving and highways and trucks, like... <laughs> There's just a, this sort of monotony of it all, right? Because they're traveling. The character in these movies, a lot of the Clint Eastwood movies, they're traveling a lot. They're driving a lot. And we, you get that. It's not like snap, 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 scene, scene, scene. You get a little bit of time to kind of zoom out, see the road they're traveling, the countryside. And so that, I would think, is a very, feels like a Clint Eastwood kind of style. So IMDb reviews, what are those? Their reviews on IMDb. And some of them have one star, which is very unfortunate. But when they have one star and we like the movie, you like to make fun of them. When they have one star and we don't like the movie, we like to champion how brilliant that person is. So here are the one star people who didn't like this movie. And they're, these are not the opinions of me and you. Uh, they're not. So the first person says, Another boring film by an overrated actor. He's an anti-gun hack that uses, wait for it, a gun to save people. I'm so tired of this liberal hypocrisy. I don't know why people like him. He's weak, old, and boring. I'd rather pick my toenails. Mm, TMI, but okay. This guy says, Rubbish story, and the guy's not even really a marksman. What a dumb script. (laughs) Do you mean Liam Neeson isn't really a marksman? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so this is the new way age of, like, you can't be in a movie as a character unless you're the thing that the character right. is. You need to get a real marksman. That's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't going to be any more movies, except for people who sit doing podcasts and going to work. And I don't even understand that. One star idiot. Sorry, I don't usually insult them, but that's like an idiot remark. So we're going with it. Uh, and finally... The Marksman, what a wrong name for this film. Marksman, he shot five times with a rifle in the whole film. Unlike the usual American films where they shoot non-stop. Is that a criticism? I think, I think a marksman, an actual marksman, would use only five bullets to kill five guys because he don't miss and he doesn't spray bullets out like crazy. Correct. That's what a marksman does. He's accurate and economical. 
like Clint Eastwood. So this person just needs a dictionary. True. <laughs> to look at what a marksman is. Do we need? Do we have his address? We could just send him a uh, now, dictionary. Now this movie actually came out on Blu-ray, and I have two to give away. Remember, so stay yeah. tuned to my Twitter this week. But on did you know part, that "stay tuned" is about as twentieth century as you can possibly? I'm on the get. radio here. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not, you're not saying stay tuned to this radio. This isn't the radio, by the way. It is. It's the internet radio. <laughs> and stay tuned. Somebody will be like, what are you even talking about? There's no tuning involved. Just there's tune? No, like, there's no knob where you're like, tune in like we used to have to do where you got like the crackle on the radio and then it's clear and then it's crackly and you're like, shit. And you have to put it exactly right. There's tune no the dial to 94.3 <laughs> FM. You know, that's a radio station, right? Somewhere. Yeah. So while this is this is on Blu-ray and it features uh, this is something you don't see very often these days a bonus feature which is called the making of the marksman. What did you think of that? Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty flat. I mean, I like seeing some of these people talking. That was fine. Then why did they interview all the people in a hotel room? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the hotel where they were doing that scene. I guess I don't know. And they also like. The microphones weren't very close to them, so they all sounded like they were in the It was other. like the camera's microphone is yeah. what we were... It didn't feel professional, let's say that. <laughs> Not that we're nitpicking about audio. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be those people. No. Come on, come on. It was very short. It was one of those ones where they talked about the director, but the director never really said much. Yeah, and they all just said how great everybody was and that kind of vibe, which I'm never a fan of, but it was fine. It was fine. So... In conclusion, you can pick this Blu-ray up this upcoming Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 11th of May, 2021. And in conclusion, I'm going to give this movie a 6 out of 10. 6, okay. Well, I'm going with 7 because it's good enough. It's well made. It's got some beautiful looking stuff. I liked all the performances. I like the idea that you said you like when somebody just has to sort of like kick ass for what's right. Like, they have to decide what's right and then sort of, like, step up. I like that. So I'm giving it a seven. It's solid seven. All right. Movie recommendations. I am going off the theme of this movie. I'm going with Clint Eastwood's The Mule, which mm -hmm. this movie reminded me a lot of. And on my Liam Neeson tip, I'm going with a movie called Cold Pursuit, mm -hmm. which is slightly different to Liam Neeson's usual stuff. It okay. starts off like you think, oh, it's a man with special skills. But there's a lot of twists and turns in it. It kind of goes a bit Fargo Coen Brothers kind of deal. Oh, that one, yes. Yeah. You one are where, right. One where he's an ice kind of mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. Yeah, that one doesn't make you go, oh, what? What yeah. the <laughs> it's not. It's not what you expect. Like, this movie is what you expect. That one isn't. So what are yours? Well, mine are, as we have discussed, for the 2021, I'm going back to the 80s of all the list, the list of all the movies that I recall that I have seen. You like to question my list and say sometimes you haven't actually seen it because I don't remember it. That doesn't mean I didn't see it. It just means I don't remember it. So it still counts. So my two movies that are marked down, this is 1981, I believe. The Cannonball Run, farcical and probably as far unpolitically correct as you can get. So be warned if you're going to watch it. Don't blame me. I, saw, I watched uh, both of those. There's a sequel as well. I watched yeah, both there is. Cannonball Run 2. And For Your Eyes Only, which is a Bond, also cannot be culturally responsible for whatever's in those movies. But For Your Eyes Only. Who sings that? I don't know. Sheena Easton. Sheena Easton. Oh, yes, I did. I did know that. So that's it. 
I'm not talking about the quality of those. I've just seen them. And so now I'm recommending that you watch them as well. So a Scully stuff for this week. I have been playing a few games. I've been playing Returnal, Sid Talk. Yeah, you have. Am I confirming or am I am I um, involved? I'm talking to you like it's a conversation. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, when it comes to games, I mean, you play them. That's kind of it. Well, Returnal, I spoke about it last week. I played more this week. I've actually got to the the first boss twice and got killed by him twice. But every time I play, I told you it's a game that you play in a loop and you keep dying and then you come back and then you play again, you play again, you get better, you get better. Well, I'm definitely getting better because I'm able to get to the boss now more often than I used to. So that means I'm getting better at it. They did a patch this week for the game. Fortunately, (laughs) I didn't get... Um, blessed with this patch but the patch deleted people's progress which was very nice because people were very angry and mad Mm. fortunately i didn't have my ps5 on when the patch went live so i just kept it off for a day you know what i'd like a patch for all the banks that made it so i owe no mortgage that would be great well you better and then never fix it you better look into working (laughs) on that get a a job at the bank be a bank make the patch yeah, but it'd just be me. I'm not like, you know, Robin Hood or anything. I'm not going to help everybody else. Just me. Just erase mine. That'd be great. So Returnal is a very difficult game, but it's also very addictive. And you you just want to keep doing that one more run. I understand the game, how it is fun. Because it is fun every single time. And because of the random element, like sometimes, you you know, when you pick up items, they're completely random every time. And you can be having a really, really good run and you're like, okay, everything's looking good. I'm going to go for the boss. And then you open a door because you get a bit greedy like I did today. And I was <laughs> like, I, my gun, I, I think everything's cool. I could go and fight the boss, but I'm missing the gun. I've just not got the best gun. And I think the gun might be in that room over there. I go in the room and I get absolutely trounced by a boss. Well, not a boss, but like a mid-level thing. And it killed me. Well. And then I was like, oh, well, that run's done then. So I have to do it again. So if you don't like doing things again, this is not the game for you. Because that's the whole idea of it. Returnal. It seems very specific. It is very specific, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. PS Plus uh, games came out this week, and uh, there's a new game called Wreckfest, which is, if you remember, Demolition Derby on the PlayStation 1. It was a game where you smashed cars into each other and you had to be the last one surviving. If you like that kind of game, but next-gen looks amazing, it's that kind of game. Hmm. it's like a physics-based car game where everything your car can like the doors can come off you know the whole thing like um like burnout i guess but a bit more detailed so wreckfest it's free on playstation plus might as well give it a go we also finished a tv show this week uh fargo season four i'll ask sito what she thought of it i loved it Did you like Fargo season one two and three yes did you i mean there's it's a very specific show and I can see how some people would absolutely hate it. So I'm not going to say, oh, everybody just has to watch it because it's just so good. But it is really good. And it's one of those shows that when I'm watching it, I am, I don't have the escapism a lot of people have. You know, you watch a movie, you do the thing, you play your game and you're just like, I want to just get lost. And I don't have that. But some TV shows and movies, just everything disappears in the world and i just am hungry for every detail that's gonna happen this twin peaks you know there's a a very few shows that do that to me but this is one of them and i i can't explain why i mean it's high quality some really memorable characters 
Yeah. And I, I mean, I have nothing to say about any of the politics or the point of view. None of that. That's not my thing at all to tell you to watch for any sort of like moral tales or anything. It just has storytelling and character development, all those things that come together and it's beautiful and it's weird. And I just love it. I think it's really high quality. It is. Uh, Chris Rock did a very good job as well. Mm-hmm. He was the main guy in this one. So uh, yes, Fargo season four. It is all out now. You can watch the whole thing. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? What do you want? Well, we had another incident with Jersey Mike. Oh my God, Mike. yes. Jersey Mike's. We have one Jersey Mike's in our town and I'm not normally this person who bitches and moans about places. And I said to you today, if they if they don't want to address it or fix it, I don't really give a shit. We just won't go there anymore. That's kind of how you do it when you're a grown-up, right? We can live without Jersey Mike's sandwiches. But they're dickheads. Our sandwiches have been wrong every time for the last probably four or five times. Now one would say, well, why do you keep doing it? Because I'm lazy and it's convenient. And that's the answer. I can't. And they're good, right? When they're good, they're good. When we get them and they're wrong, it's like the wrong bread. They put a jalapeno on yours instead of on mine. They don't put the thing on yours. They put it on mine. One time we got the wrong chips and they blamed the delivery person for grabbing the wrong chips. Every time I've called, the guy I talked to is the same guy. And he goes, oh, well, if you want to bring them back, we can make you some more sandwiches. And I say, well, we we had it delivered. So it was because I didn't want to drive to town. And so, right, well, that's the only thing we can do because you got it through the DoorDash. I said, no, I don't get it through DoorDash. I get it through your app. It's not my problem that you hire DoorDash through your app to do this, right? You can't have this discussion with this person. He doesn't give a shit. I mean, this guy does not give a shit, does he? You've heard him. He has no interest in solving the problem, in apologizing for multiple incorrect things. And then you went on sort of a little online search for reviews and whatnot. And so many people say the same thing about this specific place. So... I'm over the Jersey Mike's. Unfortunately, if I could make that bread, that, I mean, I really like their bread. Everything else, we could just make our own sandwiches. It's not complex. We're vegetarian. So like we're going for like, you know, the big roast beef sandwich with all the trimmings. We get all the vegetables, some mayo and some mustard and some chips. So I get super simple. Um, So yeah, we're not getting Jersey Mike's. We will get Jimmy John's who are consistently, I'm going to say about 85% correct. Yeah. And their sandwiches are always pretty much the same. Whereas Jersey Mike's, it seems random. It's It's very weird. Sometimes the bread is Will the bread be like kind of stalish or will it be fresh? Mm, (laughs) Toss up. Who knows? (laughs) It's unfortunate. And there are lots of worse things in the world than to someone to bring you your supper and it's not right. Okay. I get that. However... And call me old, call me old fashioned. I don't give a shit. If I have a job and my job is to make a sandwich for eight hours a day. Yes, the public can be absolutely horrendous, including myself, right? When I call to tell him it's wrong, I'm sure I sound like a complete bitch. Okay, I accept that. So I don't like working with the public either. I really, really don't. You can probably tell I'm not the greatest (laughs) at it. But if my job, if my job to make the money to pay my bills was to stand there all day, and make sandwiches, I can guarantee you they will be excellent. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying 
That's what you're paying me for. I accept that it needs to be a quality where the person who's eating it is like, this is awesome. This is delicious. I love it. Whatever. That's the way I would approach it. And if it was wrong, I would do what you said. And I'd say, you know what, ma'am? I apologize for that. I'll tell you what, when I take my break, I'll take my break now. I'll make you some new sandwiches. I will bring them to you. I would seriously do that. That's not I would also do that. Yes. Yeah. That's not on offer anymore. And I'm not saying young people are like that's because this guy we talked to is like in his 30s, late 30s. So it's not like a generational thing. It's none of that bullshit where people blame the new generation for being lazy or whatever. It's just this person and that store has a bad fucking attitude. And so I've gone on enough about it. Yes, you have. I'm done. All right. <laughs> Give us your advice and let's get out of it. My advice is um, because at the beginning of this movie... Of course, everything's going okay. And then, of course, here comes the asshole. There's the asshole, right? Who wants to make everything shitty for everybody else. So there's always an asshole in life. At every job, in every relationship or set of relationships, you know, in your group, in your family, in your friends, in your church, at your synagogue, at your mosque, wherever you are, if there's a group of people, there's an asshole who's going to ruin it for everybody or their perspective is where everybody's like, oh, that's not great. You also have to accept that sometimes you are the asshole. You're the person that nobody wants to be around. You're the person who keeps steering things in like the direction that might make everybody go like, oh, not that again. Right. So that's it. That's not advice. I'm just laying it out. I'm just telling you like it is this time. (laughs) All right. Nice advice. (laughs) You can visit ascully.com if you like this podcast, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We're on there. You can also visit anchor.fm slash after the show. That is the home of the podcast. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, everywhere you can get podcasts. You can also email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates your guts. I don't hate anybody. I don't. And stay classy, Mr. Liam Neeson, the man with very special skills. (laughs) And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 